Hello and welcome back to the Kinda Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the sad boy himself, Barrett Courtney. Tim, everybody needs to watch this show. Everybody needs to watch this show. I've been screaming it from the mountaintops as I've been catching up. You need to watch this show. If you've been complaining about the Disney Plus Star Wars stuff, not being highbrow enough, not being a little too, it's not uh, HBO or AMC enough for me. It's still very pulp action-y Star Wars. This is the show for you. Watch Andor, please, for the love of God. It's so good. Also, I usually start off with a quote. My quote today is, because we have four episodes to kind of catch up our, our, our thoughts on, oh, I'm a rebel. But it's me against everybody else. There we go. There we go. Of course, who can relate? Uh, And joining us from a galaxy far, far away, we have the one and only Anthony Carboni. I'm floating on a wall. It's great. Look look at me. Just float. I'm like a, ooh, quick, Kev, put on a Star Wars hologram effect. Just make me blue and floating here. Just hit the hologram button in the studio. Hit the hologram button, Kev. How much Come money on. did you all just pay for the studio? Hit the hologram button. <laughs> I, I, I can do that. You just have to give me a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude? Take your time. Do you need green screen background from me? Make me a hologram. Oh, there, there it is. There you go. There it is. Let's there it is. down a little bit. There we go. <laughs> now, if we move you around. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Can be jittery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. This is God, good. God, God. <laughs> of course, this is the kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. Uh, there was a ton of shows the last couple of months with She-Hulk, with Lord of the Rings, with Game of Thrones, and with Andor. We are trying our best to cover it all while also launching the studio. Uh, so we missed a couple episodes here and there, including of this show. So we haven't been able to talk about the last four episodes. I've caught up on all of them in the last couple of days. And oh man, I have thoughts. And we're going to talk it's about all It's so thoughts. good! We're going to talk about <laughs> those thoughts today uh and next week and hopefully for the rest of the season of andor i, I looking at the calendar i think we're good for every episode which i'm very excited about yep. and a lot of people are asking are we going to cover tales of the jedi as a little extra credit next week we will cover next week's andor and uh however much tales of the jedi people have we, seen. we thought about doing it this week but then Too we were much. also like we have four episodes of andor to talk about today on top of uh, tales of the jedi which i have not watched fully yet so that yeah. that gives me another week to catch up on that um, so that let's go. Let's do it all today. And and Sage uh, will be joining us for that. She could not make it today, but she will come back next week. She'll make her valiant return to this show. Um, this show, of course, you could watch every week on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast. And we will be right there for you. But if you wanted to get the show ad free and watch it live as it's being recorded, that's not right. That's not right. If you just want to get it ad free. You got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers did. And because we did the push for the studio launch, we have so many Patreon Tim, producers. How many? We have 60 something Patreon <laughs> producers. So what we're going to do is I'm going to shout them out in three sections of the show to kind of, uh, you know, spread, spread the love just a little bit. So let's start off with the first round. Shout out to Morgan Lorraine, Fargo Brady, Hillary Bernard, ID Raven, Star... Starkzilla, Delaney Twining, Christopher Rodriguez, the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan, Corey Trumpseed, Tall Tree 81, Trent Berry, Joseph A. Carlson, Tranquil Uranium, Macro, One Up Pest Control, Alex J. Sandoval, James Hastings, Colin Huguenel, Carrie Palmer, and Skylar Peterson. Thank you all so very, very much. Today we're brought to you by Chime Rocket Money and the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. We'll tell you about that later. For now, we got to get right into it. Carboni, I want to start with you. What? Hmm. Are you thinking about Star Wars and or after a month of being away? I 
I hate that we had to go away when we did. I know. Yeah. Because these last few episodes have just cemented this in my mind as one of my favorite Star Wars things of all time. One of my favorite series, pieces of media, stories, character pieces. This is such a good show and I've been I've been loving every moment of it. And uh I, woe to anyone who is not watching Andor is all I have to say. It's so good and the, the last couple episodes in particular uh as somebody who's a very big fan of like very dystopian sci-fi um the way they've brought that into Star Wars in a very new and very interesting way has made me extremely happy. Uh, I love this show so much. Yeah, Barrett. Yeah, I, I echo everything Anthony's uh, saying here. And yeah, the, the way the way they use kind of the dystopian stuff that they've never quite used before and how they smartly use that. I feel like better so than any other piece of Star Wars, a uh, piece of media that, you know, uh, does like to comment on uh, current political happenings and just uh, society in general, like most pe- uh, pieces of fiction, right? Andor, I think, does it so fucking well of, you know, just uh, talking about the, you know, there's a quote from one of the episodes of just uh, oppression breeds rebellion um, and just like, commentating on the um imperial and like fascist uh forces and what that actually does to people just people living their lives on uh small backwater planets and stuff like that and you know the last episode and a half we've kind of gotten commentary about like prison labor and stuff like that which is really hard hitting and just uh, again it makes uh, any great piece of art makes you think about what is happening in your own life and society and andor does that i think I think better than any piece of Star Wars media. I don't know if it, mm-hmm. like, as a whole, like, Star Wars thing, like, it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, uh, like, I don't know if it overall, like, uh, tops, like, Empire or anything like that for me personally. But at least when it comes to commentating on current social stuff and uh, our society, I think it's it's fucking a masterpiece in that um i love the performances by everybody uh you know shout out to andy circus who's the the guest uh, star for uh, what a th- shock. this season and what a shock his character arc, which we'll, we'll talk about which was done so perfectly in, in last night's episode beautiful because it went into direction i was not expecting and again the commentary on just that of uh, middle management turning into someone who is ready to rebel is so so perfect um and yeah i was really blown away i was also very sad that we had to leave and kind of take a break from uh, talking about andor because the last time we talked about it we knew that we were getting the heist episode yeah. and so much has happened since the heist episode so yeah mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to, to talk about it all but yeah just uh production value perfect performances perfect social commentary amazing um i can't wait for the we have three more episodes right in this season and then we have another season with 12 more episodes and i i I can't wait for it even if they somehow flop season two of andor like this is the best star wars thing season one in the last decade i'm i'm blown away by this show i was uh i was high on it but not that high on the first couple episodes and then as we started getting into the heist i was like okay they're really winning me over with this and if they pull it off i'm gonna be all in 
And not only did they pull it off with the heist, what they followed it up with with all the prison stuff, I am just beside myself with the quality of the show and how real it is and how unafraid they are to to go there. I know we talk mm. about that a lot with Disney when it comes to the Marvel stuff, Star Wars stuff of just like the the adult themes and things. This yeah. show is just all adult themes. Like and I just love that they they treat it with real real respect and they use Star Wars and what we understand of Star Wars as a setting more than as the plot. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. if they feel more like just people that yep. are living their lives and dealing with struggles as opposed to it having to all be so Star Wars all the time. And it's a weird thing because you're like, well, if you're watching Star Wars, you want Star Wars. And I, mm-hmm. I can see that as a, a criticism of Andor, but I, I disagree with it because I think that it perm- permeates everything in this. Yeah, they use Star Wars as a Mm-hmm. Great backdrop to the character story that they're trying to tell. One of the when I tweeted about it last night of like, because I always forget no matter what uh, Star Wars thing it is on a Tuesday night that I'm like even like super excited to watch. I always forget it's like 11:30 and I'm like I'm ready to go to bed and I'm like fuck I gotta watch Star Wars tonight. And someone was like <laughs> man I just I can't get invested because he dies. And here's my response to that is what? that like, we know his we know that he's gonna die. Um, how we die and when we die is not what makes us interesting. It's how we lived. And we barely get to see that with Andor in Rogue One. Learn about what makes him interesting, what his journey was before he died. It's amazing. It's fantastic. And it's beautifully written. And it's one of those things, even if you might not be invested in Andor as a character, there are so many characters that are introduced in just this show who you don't know where they're going to end up that they get you invested in in so many different ways, whether it's his friends from, uh, you know, uh, Ferrix, whether it's the IBS agents uh, or ISB agents. I always get the two mm-hmm. things. Yeah. One's irritable, <laughs> irritable bowel syndrome. The other. No, IBS, IBS agents, we really need to wait, raise awareness of, though. That's a genetic thing that we the need to ISB talk about. The ISB agents, uh, spa, uh, Spabibo, who uh, hyphenated Space uh, Ben Shapiro, uh, is who I call him, is uh, Cyril. Um, fascinating. A fascinating character. Again, And that's the thing is the I show. can't believe, is that from where the show started, where I was like, all right, there's a couple characters I'm into, but where are they going to take them, to where it is now, It that is what went from, you know, a lot of the pre released uh, t- chatter was like oh this does feel more like a a, a more prestige television show and yeah. in the first couple of episodes to me i was like i can see why they would say that but i don't think it's quite hitting that and now that we're nine episodes in seeing where the characters from episodes one through three are currently and how every plot line i'm equally invested in yeah i'm so impressed because with all the i, I can't believe that this year we got game of thrones house of the dragon and star wars Andor, which to me represent two examples of franchises that have like supremely let people down myself included Mm -hmm. and then coming out with a prequel that we're like "Eh, we're not asking for this and then them being utterly fantastic and i i can't believe the amount of similarities between those two things like this show so far reminds me of when the walking dead was at its best where it's Mm. like sure the zombies and all that stuff that's just the setting of it all it's about the people it's Mm -hmm. about the the overcoming the struggles and i feel like that is exactly where andor is right now and a couple episodes ago i was saying i was like I was hoping this was going to be the show, the Star Wars show that I can tell Gia, you need to watch this. And I was like, nah, you don't, you don't, you don't. The last couple episodes, I've been like, you You're know what? I think I'm turning. I might turn. I was like, I'll, I'm not going to yeah. tell you until it's time. Yeah. And after the, the prison episodes, I'm like, you have to watch this yeah. show. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple things like the, the criticisms of like, we know where Andor ends up is, I think, of insane. I think criticism. that's a pretty myop. I think that's a silly. I think that's a very myopic criticism. There's so much famous media where it's like, 
how many movies do you think of where Titanic. particularly things like heist movies or or movies about criminals or things like that, even television shows where it's like it starts with the death of the main character and then you find out why that main character died. That's like a very it's very weird that people don't like that. I don't know. It's it's a very common thing. But also the idea of using Star Wars as a setting um, and people are saying it, it doesn't feel Star Wars enough. I don't know. And I say this as a huge Star Wars fan. I don't know what Star Wars fans want. <laughs> I don't know what they want because sometimes it's too Star Wars yeah. and we need to stop being too Star Wars. And now it's not Star Wars enough. Here's what I can tell you. Starting with the eye in and of oh. itself, even if you even if you just which you're getting start to see with, live in real person right now, which is crazy. That's right. I've, <laughs> I'm I've colonized Aldani. I am the problem. Oh no! Um, oh, no. <laughs> look, it's beautiful, and we have drinks, and come on down. We have snacks. Um, starting with the eye, starting with that heist episode in particular. This is a very tense, very. Uh, very character-driven show about the first stages of a huge and very like very sneakily and dirtily fought war between two sides and the most interesting thing about this show has been you know when cassian says in rogue one you know we've all done things for the empire that we're not proud of we were like who Who's done things for the Empire that they're not proud of? Uh, a plucky blue-eyed boy flies into a hole, and he's the good guy, and he shoots a ship, and it explodes, and we all cheer. That's Star Wars. This is the story of a very dirty and bloody rebellion. And seeing this from the point of view of not the magical blue-eyed space wizard who is destined to save everything, but from the people on the ground who had to start the rebellion to give the space wizard his way in. Throughout these few episodes, when you really see that Luthen, Luthen, Luthen caused this robbery to make the Empire become, show, the, show their true hand, show that they are incredibly... Uh, militaristic and fascist even more than people knew they were right. he was trying to draw them out and make them act worse to people so people would rise up and join the rebellion and the, that, like that's that conversation like that. I just want to pause you right there like when he's explaining that i think to to mothma right it it you get where he's coming from, but you also feel really fucking gross about it because yeah. it's just yeah. like this this way he's also manipulating people, very similar to the 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 empire. Like you know that like obviously he's trying to fight the empire because he sees how terrible it is, but the way that he's going about it, you're like, oh man, like you're again, like you're saying, uh, Anthony, like you're fighting dirty, and it's like, and, oh man. And what's so cool to me about the fighting dirty stuff, and and I feel like. Andor is just accomplishing what we've talked about for so long, and even what the shows and movies and things talk about themselves sometimes. Like we, like Last Jedi, right? We talk mm -hmm. about subverting expectations a lot, and we talk about the kind of like the black and look, whites, and the grays. black and whites and the grays, and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's like I feel like this show just is just doing it without having to to say we're beat doing your head, it, right? Yeah, beat your head. Over and it the, does it so it. well. Even not even just the like um, the good guys, bad guys is what they're doing right or wrong, but even in just like these are just people, and we see that in that they're not. 
using the force. They're not using lightsabers. But it's not just that. It's the fact that when somebody gets crushed by a big thing in a ship because the mm-hmm. ship turned wrong, they die. <laughs> like, yeah, they, dude. And, and they die deaths that are not like heroic sacrifices. It's like, oh no, an accident happened and a beloved character just died. So uh, we're, we we're... saw Nemec coming, right? <sighs> yeah, we saw yeah, Nemec. We, 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 we talked it. about it in uh, our episode five thing, and we're kind of talking kind of full, like uh, jumping around all four episodes that, uh, that we've missed. But yeah, yeah. I want to I start talking but about focusing... like the heist episode. Uh, yeah, with focusing Nemec. on the eye here uh, um, and the idea of this, you know, to bring it back to the overarching theme that we're talking about, you know, here we have everybody, uh, we start with uh, everybody kind of enacting this plan, getting involved, getting down in there. We see, you know, talking about showing all of these things, all of these people as characters, we see the head of the of the post on Aldani, who's just like, who's just like, look, would you just wear your Imperial shirt and would everybody pipe down? You, you're always telling me how much you hate living here. If we can just do this right and this guy likes us, we don't have to live on this planet anymore. You know what I mean? They're, they're always showing us these moments of the home lives or the humanity of everybody in this show, whether they're the good guys or the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and seeing them all go in and sort of like, I think this is the first time we've ever seen Rebels get cold feet and almost call something off in star wars when yep. vel is like mm, i don't know if we should say it's go i don't know if we should say it's go and they're all oh. waiting and it's like well maybe we just don't do this we've never seen the rebels do that in star wars and that was such a good moment because it's like we're sending four dudes five dudes into this base and all they have is we put fake shirts on them. Is this a good idea? Should we do this? Should we do this? And then they do that badass <laughs> jump off the like the bungee jump, which oh. was incredible. Oh, hey, we got some stars. Oh, so yeah, I was really scared because I saw Greg coming in and I saw a post on Reddit this morning was like, he should come out in Wado. And I was like, oh, God, what's happening right now? Oh, look at all of this. They're oh, Andor Legos. Sometimes <laughs> ah. it all lines up, Carboni, and the people they're sending you for the Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga Galactic. Condition with the Andor content, they send you a bunch of Andor things during the Andor screencast. You send them. Thanks, Lego. Thanks, wow. Lego. That's pretty cool, actually. That is really cool. <laughs> We're not brought to you by Lego today, but you know, <laughs> in some ways we are. In um, our hearts okay, and Andy, our minds. Uh, uh, Anthony, I'm going to oh, need yeah. you to start unpacking these and start so making this in the the middle of the show here. So, um, so yeah, so seeing seeing them be sort of uneasy about it, um. Talking, seeing, uh, seeing how the Imperials are keeping the Aldani people are are kind of tricking them into doing what they want and and talking down to them. And they're like, "Oh, the Aldani's are so are so stupid. They're incapable of making choices." You know, this idea of like dehumanizing these people um, was really really awful. But then the actual heist was an incredibly tense sequence. Yep. Starting with starting with like Skeen. Just being like, well, we take the kid hostage, right? The kid's the most valuable hostage. Right. And I'm like, Skeen, my guy. Like, dude, <laughs> cousin, what's going on with you? Uh, yeah, there's that. There's like the, you know, we, we see the, the girls setting something up kind of at the, the top of the uh, the mm-hmm. wall there and you're not entirely sure and then you're like oh they like blocked all comms and then you know you get the thing where it's like one line is still open and they're like the 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 workers are trying to figure it out and they're like slowly figuring it out as they're in the vault going down there and you're like you see it all playing out and you know it's all gonna go to shit but you're just like 
please somehow figure it out. And it, it you know, it, it does go into like this, uh, this big, uh, kind of battle. I love the, you know, the Lieutenant that's was on the inside helping them seven years, seven years. Yeah. I have he was undercover for seven years. And to well, see the I don't moment. know if he was undercover well, for seven he years. Wasn't he undercover. was, he was an employee. He was working for the empire and then eventually, eventually was like switched. Got fuck it. this. Uh, f- Cause they, they talk about like, yeah, he fell in love with an Adani woman and then he didn't get this promotion. And then uh, she left him right. and all this stuff. So, but yeah, still just, seven yeah. years sh- into someone, you know, like yeah. turning on you like that. It's like, so what he comes out him. to the commandant and is like, yeah. you know, like, uh, the commandant realizes like, Oh, you're a part of this. You'll hang for this. And he, uh, responds seven, seven years serving you. I deserve worse than that. And it's like, yeah, yes. And the shot, the shot of him, like a very, you know, you talk about Tony Gilroy, uh, being the showrunner on this oh, yeah. and being the writer of these episodes, Tony Gilroy loves a heist. Uh, and, one of the things you see is that prototypical high shot of him that comment like laying surrounded by imperial credits after he gets shot in his own blood i'm like oh that's yeah. a bank that's some heat shit yeah that's some <laughs> real shit right there i know in it, it, star wars yeah when uh, they then, sorry go ahead uh, no but i was i wanted to say but the the sort of the nemic death moment when when things start going wrong during the heist right And I love that as much as Vel is like the commander that's like, hey, everybody, you know, do do this the way it's supposed to be done. Stay within the rules. Trust everything. She's the one that has the most cold feet during this uh, because of her relationship with Cinta and just because she cares more about these people than anybody. Um, Seeing Nemec's moment, we all thought Nemec was going to go out the way someone goes out in Star Wars. A world one death. Right. Yeah, you save somebody's life. You blow something up. There's a there's an even trade. You go out a hero. Nemec was just sitting in the wrong place when they had to punch it, and he got he got hit with Crushed. a cart. Yeah, he got hit with a cart at high speed because it's like you didn't plan for that. He said, "Hang on," and you didn't hang on to anything, and now you're crushed. And it's like whoa it was so unexpected and it it kind of just like centered the show for me like that moment yeah and i love it because they didn't give him the the big heroic sacrifice thing right but they still gave him the the respect in the moment of like him being like the climb dive like yeah he, he got to add to the epic uh-ness of this entire heist it, the tie fighters like chase after that episode I, oh. I forgot about the climb moment where he's telling him like go go higher go higher and as he's using his like bootleg like a uh, homemade uh, yeah. uh yeah. navigation tool someone posted on twitter of like um at the end of rogue one the last thing um k2 says to uh, uh andor before he says goodbye is climb Climb. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. so messed up, and it's just like again, the death of someone isn't what makes them interesting. It's what got them there. It's their life that they live, and seeing moments like that kind of uh, you know, it's 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 poetry, as George Lucas would say. Um, it, it it's really heartbreaking in those kind of moments that get reinforced. And yeah, I I, I love uh, that with a uh, scheme 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 scheme. Perfect name. I love that. It wasn't until he said it out loud. Yeah. Of his true intentions. Because like, we didn't I, believe it. We're like, nah, come on. Yeah, because like, he's the one who's like, we need to get uh, we need to get Nemec a doctor. Like he like he might be able to make it out alive. And then when he kind of comes out there, like uh, someone's operating on, on Nemec and uh, uh, Doctor Quadpaw. I knew yes. I knew that Carboni was gonna love this guy. Doctor Quadpaw. <laughs> come on. 
<laughs> God, I so love good. that. So good. Um, yeah, we, we, he's being operated on. Uh, what's uh, Vel is in there as well, kind of like mm-hmm. looking over it all. And they're outside, and it's not until he actually says it out loud of like, "That was a lot of money. We could split yeah. it and get it." Yeah. And the, the, like, you start putting it together I of like, don't. He says, "I don't have a brother." And it's no, so I good. don't it's have so good. a brother, man. So like, like in that moment, this is like uh, one of the top three moments in the last four episodes that we've missed for me because it's one of those things you put together with the pieces of like, oh, he doesn't care if Nemec dies or not. He was looking for an excuse to d- uh, distract Vel. Yeah. And so like mm-hmm. kind of like because he knows that, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Clem, uh, quote unquote, yeah. uh, which is Cassian's uh, fake name might also be a little uh, skeevy and shit like that. And right. uh, and what's the best way to take heat off of yourself if you're the rat? Exactly. Is accuse somebody else of being the rat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, and when put he says the pressure on them. Yeah. And when he says, and, I don't have a brother and like Cassian doesn't care about the rebellion quite enough yet. But or, he like, cares about these people. That's yeah. the difference. He cares about Nemec. But he also is like, you essentially tried to use my story, my story to, and then just yeah. fucking kills him kind of more Dude, on a personal mo- moment. When, when Andor shoots him, it legitimately like jump scared me. Yeah. Like it came out of, I did not see it coming. And I, it again was just so brutal, especially right after the uh, Nemic death. It was just like, damn, man, this show is going places. And like, that's why I, the eye was obviously fucking cool, right? Yeah. Cool mm-hmm. visuals. We all love a heist. They did it great. The action was awesome. It felt like a reward for watching the show up to that point, like TV normally is kind of set up to do. But I think the real value comes with these moments towards the end of it oh, yeah. because it then sets up where we're at with the rest of the show that, again, I I cannot wait to talk about. But before we do that, I do want to tell you a word from our sponsors. But before we even get to that, I want to list off a bunch of people that aren't going to have to listen to those ads because they but support But before us. we do that. On Patreon.com slash kind of funny, <laughs> including Casey Andrew, Elliot, Brian Cheney, Casey Kern, G. Greg, Trevor, Starkey, Adam, Jacob, Mofelt, Super Daddy Kyle. Shout out to you. Super, Super Daddy, Daddy Kyle. <laughs> Undertopian, David Mintel, uh, Jordan from Kansas, Cameron Bowes, Jake Holbs, David Huzenga, uh, Jerkachu, uh, Molecule, Nathan Lamoth, Monica Boomenlag, and Delaney Twining. Thank you all so very much. But for everyone else, here's a word from our sponsors. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Well, most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to more than $200. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. There's this app Tim loves using that takes care of all of that for him. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Tim loves it. It's great. You should use it. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't even know you were still paying for. You may even find that you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now now 
at rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. Go deeper into the canals of Numenor, the mines of Khazad-dûm, and more with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Host Felicia Day and several special guests provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle-earth to life. Each episode of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you won't want to miss. Watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking up on your credit score? Didn't think so. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average, with payday up to two days early and fee-free overdrafts up to $200. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign-up takes only two minutes, and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash KFGames. That's Chime.com slash KFGames. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank NA, pursuant to the license from Visa USA Chime Checking Account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive effect on your credit score. Impact to your score may vary, and some user scores may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. So, again, start your credit journey with Chime. Sign-up takes only two minutes, doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash KFGames. That's Chime.com slash KFGames. And we're back. So moving on from the eye after the big... Mm -hmm set piece action moment of extravaganza time to talk about the aftermath of the, the aftermath so what do you where do you want to start off barrett um we we get a little update on uh space uh shabibo uh cyril uh who is still living with his mother uh the mom setting up an interview the uncle uncle what's his uh what's his name uh the Carboni? thing about the thing about his collar the thing about how he had his collar tailored. Yeah, we're, his and mom's his judging his doesn't outfit. Like it. Yeah, and she's like, "It looks like you're seeking approval, dude." And it's, it's such a, it's so funny. It's such a mom takedown. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And also, I love that. I don't think it's this episode. I think it's just like going forward. He always has this weird little space tie. Where it like just yes. attaches to like, and the it goes through the, it goes through the slot. I it's, love it. It's yeah. pretty damn cool. The costume design in this show is freaking crazy. And like again, another comparison to House of the Dragon. Like that show impresses me so much because there's so much love and care put into the costume design, the yeah. settings, the props, all of that. And Andor is doing that. And we we talk about the volume and we talk about all that stuff, but it's not just like, oh, shooting in real places makes it feel real, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just think that there was a love put into making the costuming. Like, how do people, how do normal people on Coruscant dress? Exactly. Yeah. And it, the answer is incredibly dopely. Like, it's, <laughs> I love that we see, like, every single outfit we see on Coruscant, I'm just like, that is as cool, or maybe not as cool. Close to being as cool the as ISB, Lando Calrissian's The ISB pan, uh, uh, pants, though, we got to talk about because those are doofy looking. And the, the, dude, or, or so like, so the shoes. Or the like when they're outside. <laughs> uh, SB officers are outside and they're wearing a coat, but they put belts, big belts over their coats. Oh, yes. Like, it's like they cinch their stuff at the waist for a good silhouette on the ISB. I'm just like, sure. I love it. Um, but this, you know, after we see Cyril, who I freaking love. Um, 
we see Cassian come home to Ferrix and to Marva. It's the return of Fiona Shaw. Yeah. Yes. Um, Which, like, I I remember when we were talking about when we left the first three-episode kind of arc, I was like, man, I didn't really feel like we got a lot between the relationship, and I, I don't feel like they're going to go back here. I love that they actually came back here, because it felt like after yes. episode three, he was like, all right, this is him going to go be a rebel now. And, and I, love I love that love that's not the- where we went, actually. Yeah. What I love about this scene is this is him coming back he did the one thing he had to do to get them off of this planet that they don't like to pay off his debts to put them in a good comfortable place um and what he does is he inadvertently she hears about aldani and i love that when she hears about aldani she's like no the rebellion is happening i don't want to leave anymore I can be right here and I'm going to make a difference like those people did. And he's like, Oh my God, yeah. I didn't make, we didn't make a difference. We didn't do anything. I can't tell you that I was part of this. We have to go. Uh, and I love that he inadvertently like put that fire back into her, but also hates it. Yep. Yeah. It's, it, hates it. It, it was really heartbreaking that, that whole like back and forth between them. Uh, you, you really f- see the desperation in him and not, it's still not getting it, even though he helped this, uh, uh, uh kind of some very small group of rebels that he's still just looking out for number one and, you know, his, uh, adoptive mother as well. And, you know, uh, B2 also wants to talk at one, mo- uh, one moment. They don't let him talk. And it makes me very <laughs> yeah. sad. Uh, cause B2 just loves both of them so much. And he's so sad when like they, Cassian comes back the next day. Cause you know, she's like, Oh, it's late and stuff like that. And he's like, okay, yeah, we, we, we should rest. And he comes back and B2 is like, she doesn't want us to go. And it's like, I don't yeah. think I've ever felt a robot be more sad than in that <laughs> delivery of that line, but I really Poor felt B2. it there. Um, I love B2 so much, but I love that, yeah. uh, you know, so Cassian decides like, hey, we're going to leave tomorrow. I'm going to take care of some stuff. And we get to see Bix again too. You know, Cassian hears that spaced him, the worst of all Tims. The worst Tim, Tim, man. Jesus. Just a bad, uh, just a bad look for Tims everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim he hears that Space Tim did it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes to see Bix, and uh, Bix kind of doesn't want anything to do with him either because she's like, you just, you ran away again. And, 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 and she, like, she calls out too. She's like, everybody here blames you for what happened here. And yeah. like the follow-up to everything that happened in episode three. Yeah, and it's wild because it's like, he also still, to her, cannot talk about Aldani, right? Yeah. And so he can't tell anybody what he's been up to. And so... Uh, you know, when he takes off and Marva doesn't want to go and he, you know, he leaves and we see like everything that happened to Bix because of this. He's like, what happened to you? And she's just like, oh, I ran into a wall like I always do. And it's like, you happened to me, dude. Your your sloppy, your sloppy deal happened to me. Uh, and you and you made this bad. So. You know, Cassian's like, OK, well, it's time for me to take off on my own. Yeah, and go to Space Miami. Well, before Space, Space Miami, Miami, baby, really Space quick. Miami. I just I, I love the poll quote here. I forget. Like I, I think she's like, you have to leave here and forget about me. And he's like, how do I just do that? Like, how do we just uh, leave our separate ways? And she responds mm-hmm. at one point. Again, uh, I'm blanking on uh, Marva's uh, actress uh, name uh, right now. Oh, that's just love, or that's just like uh, yeah, that's I'm just going, love. There's nothing you. you can do about that. Mm. And just the performance uh-huh. she gives in delivering that line so good so many lines like that too like like has anyone ever made a weapon that wasn't used and it's like damn like this show's just dropping them gems yes uh again they're right they're in the writing script writing but also dialogue writing duffy in this show and then also 
Carboni. We got Wolf Ularin from we Star get Wars Wolf The Clone Wars. <laughs> Wolf Ularin is real. Wolf Ularin is made flesh. The man uh, who, uh, Tim, Wolf Ularin, uh, one of the, I believe, like, generals or whatever, uh, part of the, the, the Clone Wars army and stuff like that. Uh, I forget the voice actor's name, but, like, it's kind of, it's his voice actor that does the intro of, like, this week on the, the episode of Clone Wars and stuff oh, like okay. that. Like, that's him. Yeah. That's, like, his character in the Clone Wars and stuff like Sick. that. So it's cool to see. He's also in the original Star Wars, it's, but as kind of like it's a— Tom, It's Tom Kane. Tom Kane, thank Tom you. Um, he's he's in, also like, Yoda in the Clone Wars. He is also Yoda Dope. in the Clone Wars. Uh, he's, like, kind of like a random, like, in the, you know, I find your lack of faith disturbing yeah. uh, scene. He's, like, someone random in the background there. Mm-hmm. And I love that they've kind of made him this, like, bigger yeah. uh, character uh, that they, they talk uh, uh, to in the ISB. But just yeah. shout out to my so boy. Was it, I mean, Tom Kane is not the actor that they got to play live action Wolf, but no. Tom Kane was Wolf Ularin in the Clone Wars. But, exactly. Uh, it, it, it's lovely to see Wolf Ularin as like as like board overseer of things is cool. <laughs> All right, Space Miami, jamming tunes, yes. jamming tunes is Space Miami. I mm-hmm. love it. Oh my goodness, we got to talk about. I mean, shout out to Nicholas Bratel. I mean, we everybody's been given. Uh, Everybody's been given the uh, the Mandalorian soundtrack. Ludwig Göransson, of course, getting the flowers for it. But Nicholas Bratel going off. He is he is so maneuverable. He is he is able to pick up on all of these different vibes that we get from all of these different locations and add totally new. Like we have now, we have tropical space house in Star Wars, thanks to Nicholas Bratel. The whole thing, Tim looks like looks like they just straight up use the color correction LUT from Bad Boys 2. Love it. And I love that. <laughs> love that for everybody involved. Dude, the, the music is so good. And, like, I, I really, in many ways with this show, the first couple episodes, I wasn't so sure. And then all of the seeds they planted there paid off with dividends man because here we are with a lot of these themes that i was kind of like they're all right they're okay but it's the versatility that you're talking about carboni where we start to see how hard he can go off with the synth with the different styles especially as we start getting the later episodes when we see the andor logo and we get the theme playing and it straight up sounds like some kavinsky straight off the drive soundtracks type shit Oh my God, the way that they use sound in this show to like rise the tension of just having sound like rise, 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 and then it just cuts to silence. And it's like, oh, damn. Like yep. y'all knew how to play this perfectly where there so much can be said without a single line of dialogue. And it's, mm-hmm. it's fucking Y'all know when to use music and when to not use music, all of that stuff. It's, it's great. I love that. Cassian, he's- Cassian's name now is Keith, which Keith. I love. Which is like cheap keep out there. Okay. Re- yeah, like really gr- uh, grinded down uh, weed, which, you know, like yeah. he, he partakes, you know, more power to him than he wants to name himself well, after they're that. They're doing pizos, whatever a pizo is. I, I know. Love. Or he, his, the, the, his lady friend that, you know, the, again, implied sex in Star Wars. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she's like, we but need also implied. We need also the blue implied ones. <laughs> also implied, Barrett. They don't know each other very well, and he's not very happy with this. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he's like, he's like pretending to take a shower. He's like looking to make sure his money and his blaster are still there. You know, yeah. he's like constantly looking behind his shoulder. Yeah, he, he does. He needed about- a, a, a lady yeah. friend to kind of just help with the cover of that. He's a tourist. He doesn't care about this woman. The woman doesn't care about him. She's like, just go get me the greeny greens. 
Those are the best ones. <laughs> yeah. I, love, like, I love the vibe where it's like it's probably just a little bit after he he left Ferrix, and you, I get the vibe he's kind of a beach rat a little bit, and then you know then you know these guys start running around and stormtroopers are chasing him, and you know he's paranoid because of you know the, the, he just doesn't want his uh, cover to get blown and stuff like that, and a trooper just calls him out of like, why are you sweating? What's going on yeah. with you? And I, he innocent gets, people don't sweat, dude. Yeah, yeah. and it's like <laughs> he gets arrested. Such bullshit for nothing. It's it, it's one of the most empire things. But I love that he gets arrested, but not even for the actual crime he committed. It's insane, and, no. and it's so well done because it like yeah. it could have been goofy in a different show. It could have been like, oh, yeah. what the fuck was that? This is it. It makes so and, much and, and sense. And it's really the processing moment where exactly. she's like six years and he's like what yeah and it's it's one of those things where again they have been building up to this on the isb side where they're like we're cracking down uh to go back a little bit where you know wolfie lauren is kind of like uh they're treating it like a a robbery and like how the empire will respond and uh dedra is her name it was an announcement yeah she was like that's they're treating it as a robbery it's an announcement and you're like hell yes they're talking about palpatine getting involved oh yeah like what's he gonna do about it you see it all kind of escalating and escalating Mm -hmm. and then where he feels that effect of something that he literally caused with the the adani uh thing where you're just like oh my god and i love that the journey that we're gonna go on for these next two episodes is just him truly understanding the 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 grip that the empire has and how just overbearing it is they call it the uh they call it the p-o-r-d which is the uh the resentencing directive um and it comes up uh, after this sort of, uh, or during this uh, beginning of the scene, that's a really great Dedra scene, where this dude who, uh, who has been sort of her rival this whole time, they get into it. He tries to call her out for overstepping her bounds again, and she's like, "Oh, actually, what was going on is you were keeping me from getting the information that I needed to file this report, and I used Emperor Palpatine's new law." to go around you so i'm actually doing things by the book and it turns out i was right and you've kept us from finding this person who's of course uh luthan who they're calling axis yep who they think is this person this central person who is uh funding and creating the rebellion which is entirely true she's right yeah uh and not everybody believes her still i get the feeling most of her like her commanding officers still don't entirely believe her Mm -hmm. but there's enough data there where they're like okay, now we're ready to look at things. Right. Um, yeah. uh, and, and I love this because they make us, they make me love Dedra so much in so many scenes. Anytime Dedra's going up against the rest of the Imperial structure, I'm like, yes, Dedra, you're right. You're actually correct. They're holding you back. And then they'll cut to Dedra being imperial yeah you know like next episode where she talks to bix where she's interrogating bix and i'm just like oh dedra's horrible dude and, i keep and, forgetting and, that dedra's horrible but that i think is what is is so so great about how the characters are written in this with both dedra and uh the space cop guy uh ben shapiro where both of them it's like we were interested in them but like they made the right choices to get them and put them in places i mean him becoming like a 
data a entry, data entry guy like that was just such a they shot that so well all oh, that was great but with dedra i love that from the beginning she's obviously bad we're not rooting for her but they set it up in this way where it kind of seems like she's a woman she's not getting as much respect she's mm. low on the totem pole blah 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 all that she kind of overcomes that and then like what carboni's saying immediately we go from like rooting for her like a little bit just because she's yeah. like yo she's right they're not showing her respect or whatever and now you're like oh this isn't a woman in, in a man's world story this is a you're a fascist in a fascist world uh, you're a bad she's person. girl boss gatekeeping <laughs> it, it, dude and it's like i love that they just <laughs> are going full on into but, that yeah. where it's like she's evil serial too where, where cyril is like to ignore his mother he can't ignore his mother like the way they're all in prison over these like final two episodes the way everyone is in prison mm -hmm. the way cyril's table with his mom he has to like drink his cereal milk just to not just look so at he her. doesn't yeah. have to look at her so uh good. you feel so bad for him and then you're in that moment but then you know next episode which we're pretty much in next episode well, really like, quick Cassian, when uh, you know, but, but uh Cassian gets arrested so he just can yeah. move on with the k2 unit choking him yes out oh yeah. and like making him pass out Utterly terrible. The KX, where he's like, he meant watch. He meant watch. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and later in in uh, in one of the next two episodes, we see Bix running like full speed, and like the way the camera's falling her, I was convinced we were going to see a K two unit like, like knock body her out. slammer. But, yeah, but they didn't do it. It's not that type of show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have we have Cassian uh, getting arrested, and when he's in court, they basically just tell him like, no, you should keep your mouth shut because there's like. Anything you say will actually just make things worse. Get, tell it to tell it to the emperor. Yeah. Oh, what a great line. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, literally so cool. every word. Like it's almost like the mom like uh, 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 talking to their child of like, oh, you're gonna talk to uh, back to me now. You're grounded for four weeks, kind of shit. Like yeah. that's the mm -hmm. that's the attitude. This is uh, just on a very terrifying level. Yeah. Um, um, so I love that. Uh, we also see the beginning here before we go on to episode eight. Uh, Mon Mothma basically and Luthen uh, have their heated discussion where, as we talked about earlier, Luthen's like, yo, you knew what you signed up for. Yep. Like, yeah, I'm the one that caused this. Maybe I am the one that caused this. I'm not going to tell you out loud, but what I will tell you is that this is what you've been paying for. And this is, this is the revolution. And you knew what you were a part of. So you better figure out what you're going to do uh, because we need money mm -hmm. to run a revolution, and it's not all coming from you. And then later on that episode, we see Mon Mothma caught at a party uh, trying to figure out what to do, and um, she hang has out a with, her with her childhood friend, Tay. Yeah, Tay. I, they, I, just as actors, their performance yes. back and forth, electrifying. It's so good. But also his whole look, the fact that he's like this tanned like middle-aged finance guy who's like good looking and like well kept <laughs> and like clearly lotions his face every day before yeah. he goes in and fucking i don't know buys a bunch of single occupancy homes and turns them into condos or whatever they do on chandrala you know <laughs> like whatever he's doing he's just this guy who's just like the vice president of a bank who comes out and like just looks nice you know and you can tell he cares about mon mothma but you and he cares about the rebellion but he's also just like this finance bro yeah you know like nobody nobody here is cool like nobody <laughs> here is cool <laughs> uh but she's basically like yo you gotta help me out uh and we really see her, I love in this scene, avoiding Perrin more than we've ever seen her avoiding Perrin because it's like, yeah, Perrin is sympathetic to the Empire. Perrin's like, Perrin's, he says that he's not political. 
which is the way you know fascists tell you that they don't care that they're being fascist yeah and um but he's following her around he wants her to slip up he wants to rat her out and just be kind of be rid of her he's still poisoning their daughter against her oh my god in like the, a really intense all way of the daughter retorts break my heart man the way that this dad is manipulating this poor child i hate her mother, who is a good person, maybe yeah, like it's what is never around. Yeah, and I, that's I, why I, the I, father's I, allowed to manipulate because yeah, Mon Moth is not putting in the time, and he yep. is. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it's it's crushing. I want to I want to talk about them getting processed in in prison in episode eight. Yeah, of just like yeah, let's the, talk about episode eight. The the terrifying where they get in, they're kind of like uh, in my wrote uh, in my notes. I wrote like. Um, people collect them and they're wearing cute little booties. It's so and, like you don't funny. Connect, you're like, what? You don't connect happening? it where you're like, why are they wearing these cute little booties? These uh, prison guards or, or labor guards or whatever you want to call like them. They have the, the, the imperial shoes from the Super on Mario the Brothers movie, the jump <laughs> shoes. Yeah, when they have them hanging up, you see like they have cool decorative imperial cogs mm. on the bottom sole, like yeah. they're like there's some sort of like hype beast drop or something. Honestly, they look cooler it. than Andy's they're, shoes for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're the reverse. They're the exact inverse of the um, of the sh- of the prisoner shoes from Face Off. Mm. Do you remember in Face Off, like they had to wear these magnetic boots, like Nick Cage wearing those magnetic boots, and then the guards didn't have to wear the boots. And in this, it's flipped to where like the guards wear these insulating boots, so they can use this like special steel that basically just like fries people. It's uh, wild. The guard. It's scary. And the extents it's... they take it to. It's just so, I did not expect this show. Like I, I, I keep bringing up amazing shows, the best of the walking dead, bringing up house of the dragon. I did not expect this show to give me the vibes of severance <laughs> and squid game. Thank you. Kevin. The Mario <laughs> brothers shoes. Exactly. Yep. Yep. But yep. like this, no, these are the face off boots. Oh, are, are, Those are the face off yeah. boots. Well, yeah. Oh, wow. Can you pull up the, uh... I will, I will in two seconds. Were they the same shoes? Do they just use the same props? They're similar. They're very That's similar. hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't believe how many vibes I'm getting of Severance and Squid Game and while still being a, a util- entirely unique thing. Yeah. They're really well, doing a good also, job with this. Let's definitely name check THX 1138. Mm. The, the, the George Lucas film that started it all. We get a lot of vibes of THX from this very clean, very bright white prison. Interesting. I've never that seen that. Has, it's caught it. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it, was, it, was, it was the first George Lucas film. And it looks a lot. There it is. They're Thank very you. similar. They might be the same prop painted. Just painted, yeah. <laughs> they might be the same. They're similar. They're similar enough, yeah. Dude, they're the fucking same. <laughs> yeah. They're all the, snow boots. The they're all the snow snorting, uh, snowboarding boots, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's so funny. So seeing them get kind of like brought in and get it everything explained and but not really explained right? yeah Just and I, I, like... I love that too where they put you in Cassian's shoes where it or uh bare feet uh i should say <laughs> where it's there's so much going on and you don't like even the way like how fast people are talking how they immediately shock them to be like hey this is the power we have over you and the way that they react like the way they jolt and shit like on the ground i want to give terrifying. a specific specific shout out to our boy diego luna for contorting himself a hundred times more than anybody else did in that scene <laughs> where they're being shocked yeah. to the point where he looks like some nightmarish renaissance painting yeah you know a hundred percent and it's like when you're when he's getting processed and he's uh brought down to 
uh, the, the you know the the room introduced to Andy Circus, who's kind of who's also a prisoner, but a floor manager uh, or a room manager mm-hmm. of the entire room. Which again, great commentary on uh, you know uh, uh, the working class structure in and under a place uh, like fascism, and. You know, he's introduced to his table and like what they're making doesn't even really matter. They just have to, yeah. you know, be productive, pre- be productive. But what I love There's, about what it you is we know they're making the Death Star, right? Oh, like, that's, yeah. That's, that's gotta be Death Star part, It's so right? cool that they don't say that, but mm. it's like clearly that's what's happening. Okay. It's okay. gotta be. And they haven't said anything about it, and we haven't seen anything that looks like they're just these like six pointed whatevers. They, yeah, they're they're there to they're making the structure that supports sci fi hexagons of some kind, right? Which is all Star Wars is full of. But, <laughs> which like is why I didn't really think about it on a deeper level of if it's the but, Death Star and stuff because it doesn't even really matter. Right. This, uh, in I mean, that's story. the thing is, as far as the prisoners are concerned. It, do, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're just making something, yeah. and they and have to make it. But the thing that I love about it is I like the idea that it's Death Star parts, even though that hasn't been confirmed, because we have seen so far in this show, literally everything Cassian does comes back to destroy him later. And I would not be surprised if our guy is trying to be the fastest Death Star building table in the prison. Oh my god! And like going back to the the chaotic feeling of not really fully understand what's going on. Of like when he gets introduced to the table, uh, table five, and they're kind of going through all the steps, and you don't even the way that they're kind of going back and forth with each other. It's hard for you. There were so many table five conversations in episodes eight and nine that I had to pause. Go back, listen to again, pause, go back, turn on subtitles, listen to again, just yeah. to like understand, like, because everything's going so fast, whether it's circus uh, going over to be like, oh, you guys, like, you guys could be the best table today, but like, you're behind and stuff like that. Like, you, you like, the way he kind of like shames them into working harder and shit like that. Oh, so and it's perfect. such a, it's such a fascist thing of like, turning various members of the prison population against each other yes. or or giving them or giving them this this illusion of structure mm. to where it's like you're kind of our favorites and so this illusion we'll of freedom that we have to talk mm-hmm. about as well of just what seems to be the endless cycle of again uh prison labor and stuff like that like i know i'm skipping ahead a little bit to uh episode nine but quick shout out i love when they're being all processed from uh where they stay to where they work you know they they're like hand signaling and stuff like that and like communicating between like all the the between shift stuff and you know uh where they one some prisoners realize that they messed up and someone who got released was just put onto a different floor like the next day and people started to realize that and put the dots together and they just killed a hundred people just nothing because they realized they fucked up and made it too obvious of this endless cycle that they're putting people on and it's yeah really tragic so so back uh so so we we get a little bit away from the prison here where we see luthan and saw guerrera dare he's back baby okay as the resident as the resident every day hater on this show when we, whenever we talk about him no matter if it's rogue one no matter if it's rebels clone wars whatever you're wrong and sagarera kicks ass this this scene kicked ass it kicked, it ass, kicked ass. ass the two of them wanting to take credit for this thing but Incredible. not wanting to take credit for this thing oh, it was so i'm dope. the best rebellion boy yeah <laughs> but i but, just but the idea of 
Saw's sort of soliloquy here where he's like separatists, partisans, this, that, whatever. Everybody's wrong. Everybody's doing it wrong. I'm doing it right. I'm, I'm the I'm, only one I'm, that matters. My head is clear on who I am. Yeah. And like he calls that where he calls Skarsgård out and he's like, I'm a coward. Like he and you see that frustration in, you know, uh, we haven't talked uh, a lot about him, but in kind of in these last four episodes in general, after the heist or three episodes, as to say, after the heist where he's like after the heist, he's ready to start doing shit. And he knows he can't yet. Even yeah. like his assistant is like, you got to pull back. We're not there yet. Um, but also you're getting sloppy. You got to cut off this line, all of this different stuff. I, I, I love oh, that. She owns. She's amazing. She's so good. Dude, and who would have thought that's another example of this character that we get in the first couple episodes. And you're like, oh, right, she's fine. And now you're like, she's awesome. Yep. And like, I think that the show does a great job of balancing their characters their locations which is something that we've had a big problem with in star wars uh mm-hmm. recently where it's like we spend way too much time in one place not enough another this show i think does a great job of kind of using up a location as much as it needs to moving on and coming back in just the right ways but even the with locations and characters like i love that in this episode we've had the the rise up the build up to the heist that we all knew was coming from the trailers and just mm-hmm. from like the vibe of the show but now it's like okay cool what is andor after the heist and i love that the answer is like you know what we're going to give you this whole new world with all new rules all new language of like the on program and like all that stuff in the mm-hmm. the prison that is just so fucked up and like yeah. They, they explain the rules so clearly, even though it's unclear, but it's like that's intentional. Yeah. Um, but then to follow that up with the one-two punch of, you know, we watch these shows. We watch these IP shows. We're looking for cameos. We're looking for things we don't expect. To get hit with the back-to-back Andy Circus destroying the game and then Saw Gerrera, it's like, oh, wow. These are two excellent ways for, like, cameo things or unexpected Yeah, because we didn't, we didn't know Circus didn't was going to be in Did the show. Did we know, Carbone? Was that a thing? No. Fuck, that's man. awesome. And he was cast as like a no, like he's not like a you know Luke's long lost uncle or something. Like he, like <laughs> any other franchise, even sometimes Star Wars itself. When you bring in someone like Andy Circus, you're gonna cast him as a big do role. You, hey, Snoke. Do you think? Do you think he's Snoke? Yeah. Oh do you think he's prisoner but Snoke? This is the beginning. I know. Oh, this is yeah. how Snoke starts. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but like. We're finally, this is how Snoke starts. I love that they're just like, hey, he's just a dude this time. You know? He's just and a it's dude. Like, he's that's... a dude in prison that's yeah. in charge, but is not in charge. It's like, I know. it's yeah. such a. And again, and, his... and he's sort of like, and he's that guy who's like, keep your head down. Look at the countdown. If you just like, let's none of us make trouble and they'll let us out. And that's why episode yeah. nine becomes so, heartbreak. such a heartbreak. Yeah. But I want to talk about the, the sort of important crux of this Luthan and Saw scene, which is that. Luthen cannot get anybody on the same fucking page to become a rebellion. If yeah. he's operating in the shadows and he's like, I'll show up and I'll give you these weapons or I'll show up and I'll buy this from you or I'll put you here and I'll pay you to do this. Everybody's happy to do that as their own little insurgent cell, but he can't get any of these cells to work together. There is no rebellion. And here's the thing that we know. By the end of this, there's no Luthen. Yeah, there's yeah. a, a Mon Mothma. Yeah. And Mon Mothma right now we're seeing at her lowest point. Mon Mothma basically like she's fronting the money for this and it's getting her in trouble in this yeah. episode. We're seeing more and more about how she can't even take money out of her account right. anymore. 
Um, there are spies all around her now. Yeah, and, and not even spies, just her family and stuff. Like she, mm-hmm. like it's risky to even. It's getting riskier and riskier the more she has Tay over, just having him over, just to have conversations and stuff. And yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I, I love again what you were talking about, Carboni earlier. The the, the prison that everybody feels uh, on all sides. Uh, you know, I also want to the, the 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 similarity between Cyril's desk and. Cassian's cell. And oh, it's so good. Hundred percent because it was like um, I wrote down in my notes somewhere. Yeah, at the end of episode eight, right? And you get uh, you get that Blade Runner esque music at the end, and it's them just working at table five. It is the exact. Um, same feeling as the end of episode seven, where we see Cyril just at his lame, weird desk, same and it's getting shot. wider and wider, yeah. and he's just uh, in a sea of he's nothingness. One thing, uh, one part one of cop. many, not yeah. important at all. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. Yeah. Um. um so yeah. So uh. So then, what else is going on in episode eight here? Oh, we find out that Marva is is. Listen, Marva was doing really well, and then Cassian leaves, and Marva decides that she's going to be the rebellion, and Marva's a little old to be the rebellion. Yeah. And she's she's hurting herself, and she's kind of putting herself – you know that thing where, like, an older person has, like, one or two injuries in a row, and they start falling off? Yeah. Like, we're really starting to see that that's happened to Marva in the couple of months since Cassian's been gone. And it's heartbreaking, too, because it's uh... – a little bit led by delusion as well, where she mm-hmm. is talking about like, Oh, I'm doing this thing to help the rebels. And it's like, there are no rebels on this planet. Yeah. Like, right. now, like there's a person as we like kind of learn later, the implication of, of, of Bix kind of being planted there to be the contact for, um, uh, scars guard. But there's mm-hmm. not like, there's not like a, a squadron coming to like sneak in and stuff like that. And it's heartbreaking to see like the effort that she's putting in and what she in a good place and a, a good heart that she's doing this for. But it's like, it, it's not the time for that yet. And it's just, it, it really b- broke my heart seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. That was tough. That was tough to watch. Um, and after Bix goes to kind of check on her, um, Bix gets uh, identified by the uh by the empire and brought in for questioning uh they already had Pac. we see that they already had Pac who runs the the parts shop that has the illegal radio tower yeah um because she wants to you know bix wants to kind of like put out there that message that luthan was trying to answer that his assistant was like no you can't answer that yeah. uh was bix saying like hey your mom is sick if come you're on. out there and you can hear me your mom is sick come home and Clea tells Luthen, no, we don't answer that. We shut down communication to Ferrix because they're getting into your head. And she was right. <laughs> she was, she was right, right, too. Clea, what, something I'm learning in these, in these couple episodes, Clea fucking ro- – like, Clea rules – and she's always right. I mean, Clay is the true brains, I feel like, of the rebellion yeah. right now. It's so she cool. She really is. I mean, I do, really I do love that, you know, we've, we've heard for so long and talked about, like, where's the rebellion start? How does it start? I love the way that this show sh- is portraying it because I feel like we, we've got the idea of the there's extremist rebels with Sagarera, and we've had yeah. that a lot. But I feel like that has always only been extremist in juxtaposition to 
uh, what we are familiar with of like the rebels just kind of being like we're just mm-hmm. the good guys and like there was no. In also, between. I just uh, just a, a, another reminder that I love that Sagarera is an extremist who is literally trained by Anakin Skywalker, trained mm-hmm. in in part a little bit by the Empire and how they do yeah. things. So again, just a little bit of uh, uh, a mirroring of our uh, current society as well. But jumping uh. from that, even <laughs> it's like you know him the the kind of Empire's teachings and their extremist ways, like seeing Sagarera so closely to these interrogation tactics of them having this new doctor and just being like yeah he's invented some uh pretty 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 good well, it's uh, not even he invented here. something pretty, he was like good. dude the way he was like yo i'm super fucked up and creepy and i found out that the sound of this uh dying species really fucks people up It'll especially fuck up. the sound of the dying children and we're gonna have you so we listen just kinda, to it we, we tweaked it a little bit and the we way he's smiling the whole time and he's like very He's very um, modest about it. You know what I mean? He has a modesty about his work where it's like, oh, I, I just, you know, we found, found these it. things and we've been I working on it. it. And hey, if you, uh, you just tell me when you're ready to cooperate. And if you can't speak, just sort of like move your head from side to side violently and I'll know. I'll know. I'll know. And, <laughs> and what's incredible about it, I think, is like, you know, interrogation scenes, especially in a show like this, where there's like a lot of spies and a lot of switching sides, it's normal. Like we expect them. And I feel like they're really easy to get wrong, like go too far or not show enough or kind yeah. of like cheap out the, the like what there's we There's a great balance here of just like, they have to explain it. That's all they have to do. And, and they, we don't even hear We it. don't hear it. And I think that's the best part is we just see her and the scream. Yeah. We hear her scream. And like it, and not only just it's not like I feel like other shows would like cut away. They have her or look into the much. camera while she's screaming. And it, yeah. that's the thing is the shot and the audio of her scream. It's like, damn, like I'm right there with them on this one, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's very good. Um, we also, you know, we get the meeting between Dedra and Cyril in this episode, and he's just like stalking her. So creepy, you know. Uh, but oh it's, my god. It's, well, again, he these two is, characters. I'm so happy that we're getting the connection between them. And, he's and, and, and in again, love the, from from Go. Yes, because <laughs> he completely up. he completely misreads this situation. Like they're bringing him. They're like, "Hey, you filed. Like you're breaking the law, and you're here because you're breaking the law." And he's like, "I'm breaking the law for you, my dear sweet empire. Exactly. I'm so glad yeah. you can have this like, discussion." She, she represents like, the empire to him, and he's just yeah. like, "I need you." I need you to She's love like, me. It's not a discussion. He's like, okay, well, I'll just listen then. What is it? A date? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me what it, it is. Yeah. It, again, great commentary of a, a man just talked to woman and therefore he uh, believes that uh, he is owed something. Um, and so there, there's that. I, and I, it's a lot of uh, dimension building for, for Dedra in this uh, episode, because it's like, you get the, super fucked up sadistic side of her or where she's you know just like that's you know we're gonna have you listen to this and he's this doctor is gonna explain everything to you and it's gonna be you know we'll ask you some things afterwards and it's all on you it's all on you how oh, much you want to hear the best line is the very worst thing you can do right now is bore me oh yes, yes. <laughs> and you're like oh my and like what you're saying like when she's going up against other ISB agents and superiors, you're, like, rooting for her. But then this scene, you're like, oh, right. She's uh, a, a fascist gr- uh, girl boss gatekeep gaslight uh, yeah. lady who is just absolutely awful. And then, again, adding another dimension right after that where she's experiencing this creepy dude who's also stalking her and stuff. And, like, the way that, like, 
her interaction with her uh, like assistant guy afterwards mm-hmm. is weird, and it's like it, you, you kind of feel like something's off, and it's like you, you feel that like she is still reeling from that yeah. interaction that she just had with this super creepy dude. So well, we know that that's <sighs> how that's how the empire works, right? Is like they they berate and and abuse you so that when you go out into the field you berate and abuse the people that you feel like are are underneath you and it's right. and seeing that in dedra is is wild the last thing that we see in like the last kind of detail about episode eight is uh we do get that sort of like confirmation that vel and cinta became a thing while they were serving on Aldani yeah, nice. or whatever. yeah uh and but we also see that you know, kind of what we saw during the heist, which is like we thought Vel was more into the rebellion than everybody else, but it turns out that like most people are more into the rebellion than Vel is if you're part of the rebellion at this point. Uh, because Cinta tells her it's like, look, the the cause comes first, mm-hmm. and then everything else comes afterwards, and that includes us. Yeah. So I'm gonna stay here. And, 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 and yeah, and you, we're you, gonna be a part. That's f- the point. You feel that in the are they actually the cousin reveal that she's Mothma's cousin as well? And she, I and, love that. And her outfit was oh, incredible. Oh yeah! Like I remember when um, she first talks to Skarsgård's assistant, and it was that moment where you know she's given the mission of like find Andor, he's our loose end, kill him. And there was a moment where I was like, "Who is that?" Yeah, me too. And you're like, "Holy yeah. shit!" It's she's all and then it's up. like, also, it was in that moment where I was like. I know her from something else. I, I just put that. I was like, oh, my God, she's in Game of Thrones. She's the one who uh, helps train Arya Stark with the no-face killer. She's the weird, oh, yeah. bull-cut girl. I know, dude. I know. She's the really creepy what, one. What who, was her name? Started with an A. She's from the Cult of Many, the, yeah, the, yes. the cult of many Faces or whatever. Yeah, yes. the, the something. The, I, the, no, no, it started with an S. The the. The oh, Tsar. <laughs> Kev Dog, if you can Damn, look dude, that up. That's oh, wild. I know. And I so like I did look up while we're talking about uh, being blown, mind blown. I, I have evidence now that the boots from Face Off and the boots from Super Mario, the exact same prop, just painted differently. So that really? is awesome. What? Yes. <laughs> that I love is that. Rad. Two of my favorite the films wave. connect wave. by two of my favorite the props. Wave. W-A-I-F. Mm, wow. Yes, yes, um, yes. So, yeah. So so now we're in we're firmly in episode nine territory. We do see that Vel is you know. Um, I just want to shout out this episode title. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. <laughs> oh, so this good. episode so titles good. of every episode of the last couple have been so Bangers. so like the announcement and all that stuff. And every time that, like they say it in the episode, I'm like, oh, this was worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. And so finding out number one in the beginning of this episode where Mon Mothma is, is talking to Luthen and things are still not going great. And her driver says, hey, did you know that, uh, the, or, or was it, no, I'm sorry. She was, giving, she was giving an address at the Senate. And what yes. we've seen is nobody listens or cares to Mon Mothma in the Senate. You do, you do get some shout outs of like, listen to her. Listen to her. Like but it's, like, yeah. it's so empty and so lifeless in there. It's, the but even to the point though. their lights yeah. to show that the senators are leaving. It's so cool because it's like even the people that are like, listen to her. It's like they're clearly not even able to listen the way that they want to because they're too busy having to talk in this thing. Like I just, this is such a great use again of using Star Wars as a setting where mm-hmm. it's like we're familiar with this room in so many different ways we've never seen it like this and yep. it feels so real and you just you care for the character you're just like guys like just listen to her but it's like yep. they're not going to because they don't want to and yep. it they don't it care behooves them not to listen they don't they don't want to get political carboni 
They don't want no, to get political. No, let's let's not get political. Uh, but she leaves, and and her driver's like, "Hey, you know, I heard that your cousin's here, and they said that you'd want to know." And so we come back, and it's Vel, and Vel is Vel's so- given the daughter a dress. Vel's having breakfast. Perrin is trying to be a dick. Vel is like just just sort of doing these offhanded one-liners to Perrin that are just making Mon Mothma just go like, she's just so happy that her cousin's back. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like somebody who understands her. Like Mon Mothma, I feel like, has been so isolated throughout this entire show. And it's and it's funny because during moments of this episode where she tries to reach out to Vel and speak to her, Vel is very like, hey, we don't do this. We don't talk about this. Yeah, not here. Yeah, yeah. you got to keep your mouth shut. And we're not, and and all Mon Mothma wants like even the stuff with Tay, like you can tell, like she's just like, do I have one real ally out there? Yeah. Do I have one real ally? And she thinks it's Vel, and it is Vel. But I think Vel is, you know, we see that Vel is trying to sort of like, you know, Cinta says in the in the previous episode to Vel, I'm a mirror. You see what you want to be in me, and then you see Vel say the same things to Mon Mothma. <laughs> That Cinta said to her to keep and, Mon Mothma at a distance. And this show is so good about making all the storylines kind of, even if they don't connect, the themes feel so connected. Oh, yeah. There's like these lines of dialogue. I mean, even the nobody's listening, right? It's right. like clearly that's because later in the episode we see uh, Diego Luna and Andy Serkis have that conversation, but also nobody's listening to Mon Mothma. Right. And the, it's just mm-hmm. like very, very well done. Again, they're in the writing Duffy with this one. Um, yeah, I want to get back to the, the, the prison and all that yeah. stuff. I love that. You know, we get the we get a month time jump here where yeah. it shows like his countdown go from later, like twenty one eighty nine to twenty one fifty nine, um, and I, I love that again. Not through like it's been thirty days since I've been in prison. Here are all the things you need to co- uh, come up uh, uh, catch up on uh, with me. And it's like no, just in little things you see like okay, he's actively trying to keep count on like how many guards there are on each level, uh, that him sneaking into the, like taking his break, going to the bathroom, opening up a panel and trying to like slowly, like Andy Dufresne slicing something to like uh, hopefully yeah. uh, do a distraction thing. A buddy of his who he like kind of made friends with, who's in on it with him. And they like, you know, they're doing the, uh, I, I forget what it's called. The, what, what, what do they call this when they have Control. to, uh, or what is it? Oh, the, on program. Oh, on program, program. and on everybody program. has to do this, and they're looking, and they're kind of telling each other of like, okay, like, well, maybe actually we could do this new plan where we just, yeah. you know, we just push them off, and like right. we have to go See, up the elevator. They can't zap you when anything's moving. Is yeah. yeah. Like they're, they're looking at it, but we're also seeing like he's also because Cassian, Cassian's talent, and this is something we see in Rogue One, and it's something we've seen in these earlier episodes. His he's his talent is just kind of fitting in wherever he is, um, and that's why he eventually does become a good spy. Like we've always heard it, but this he's bad at everything, but he's good at blending in. Yeah, and so he's immediately like working very well at this table. You can see that he's like now kind of giving orders at this table and telling people, "Oh, if we switch this, it'll be faster." Like. He knows how to make the best of whatever situation he's in, and that's important because we see uh, we see the older guy, Olaf, is starting oh to like really go frail. And it's it's shown so well, and like I loved it with with Andor's character of of seeing him kind of like. 30 days in whatever days in kind of like trying to scheme to get out of it but on top of that they just do such a good job of in the previous episode setting up that's your food that's your drinks that's your this that's your that and if you're the best table we, you get flavor yeah and then you just see him so casually <laughs> just like flavor. sucking on the tube and like it's like he has this down pat so much and he is like yeah. carboni saying just living in this world which 
when you think about the Andor character from where we we know him from from of Rogue One, and you think about his past, like the idea that he was in this horrible, horrible prison for as long as he ends up being, we don't know yet. Mm. Um, I imagine it'll be at, at least one more episode. Yeah, um, yeah. it's probably just, not much longer. It's really, really like scary and like it's like it adds so much depth to this this character and it doesn't feel like too much i feel like oftentimes with sci-fi or with just like ip stories i keep saying that but it, it is what it is at this mm-hmm. point like i feel like they they overcomplicate. they had too many stories sometimes mm-hmm. it's like cool you had your one heroic thing why does you need to every weekend have some heroic thing to do? It's like it kind of overpowers them in terms of legacy. Right. And I feel like this is like a great way to do it where it's like, yo, this adds a lot of depth and gives a great thing that happened to him that he had to deal with that makes him a better character. And, and it's true to who Andor has been that we've seen so far in the show and where we end up seeing him. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go we back to Olaf. Yeah, so Olaf is is not doing well. They're covering for him. He's clearly having like he starts doing this with his with his hand. Yeah. Which like which like is you're like, well, he's either gonna have a heart attack or a stroke. Yeah. You know, when you see when you see an older person start doing that. Uh they have to kind of hide him. They're trying to I know to cover they're doing the on program and he's like falling over and they have to block him, like <sighs> <sighs> it's, it's real. Awful. It just feels real in the same way that the kid getting killed from the the cart, or like just like the skin yeah. just getting shot, and he's just dead. There's like no thing, medic, like there's no life helping. just kind of happens, um, yeah. whether you like so, it or like it or not. So they're trying to carry him through this final through this final kind of like checkpoint. They know that something weird happened on floor two. Uh, powers going on and off. Strange things are happening, um, but they're trying to just get Olaf back to his cell and not make trouble and unfortunately Olaf can't move anymore and so they call for a med tech and like the med tech who's yo, also seems to be another prisoner as well <laughs> like, yeah it's just another prisoner yeah, it's yeah. just a prisoner different who level. is given a different responsibility because he has different skills right, right. um and the prison and he basically goes like no we don't save people here I'm not allowed to do anything yeah that's not I come here and I call for the trolley man and it's like wild to Mm. see that happen and this moment is such a great scene for andy circus yeah um as you're watching him change from because earlier in the episode you've got you've got cassian being like how many days you got left 200 200 days why don't you just tell me how many guards are you can just tell me everything you know before you go it's fine and like he, just tell yeah, me everything he, you're gonna get out i i love there's like uh with his table as a whole as well like everybody's on a different level of either they're tired and they're done and they're submitting to this terrible life that the that they're being handed by the empire and you know there are some who are like oh like maybe there's a little bit of hope left there's the fucking asshole like when they are hearing the rumors about level two and it's like oh they just killed a bunch of people and then uh Olaf is like what happened he's like they set them all free and then circus starts just railing on him and i love that all of that is like all of those uh, table five members are like interesting in their own right, but they're used for circus's uh, c- character arc in yeah. these two episodes. And it's done so perfectly where he's like, again, when you first in- introduce him, I'm middle manager. I'm here to like do the best that I can. You better not fuck it up. Cause that means it's my fuck up and all that stuff. And then he slowly starts to see that none of this is for him. I love and that none it's... of its structure to benefit him actually. Yeah. The guy's it's name slow. is Melshi. Melshi is that, is that, uh, prisoner and i love him because he's the one that's like see i told you 
I told you nobody knows what the Empire is doing to us. Nobody's heard of Pord. That's stupid. Why oh, would dude, they have heard of that? That nobody whole Pord thing, us. that was devastating. Of yeah. like them not knowing. Like it, there's the vibe of like them almost thinking that it doesn't even exist and like that none of it's real. And it's like that whole level of like, is it how real is it? We know we've heard them talk about it outside, but like, yeah. what does it actually turn into? And I love that with Andy Serkis, it's like, it's this slow character growth. And then all of a sudden there's the light switch at the, yep. the final, final moment of this episode. But um, when they're trying to save the, uh, the old guy and they're like, there's nothing to save. Like he just had a massive stroke. Like it's over. And they're like, I don't know about this. It feels so real. Just a dude dying from a stroke like mm -hmm. that. It could happen at any moment, right? But then for them to follow it up with the, okay, I'm going to like kill him. He's going to feel nothing. It's okay. And then we see him violently choke. Yeah. And it's just such a fucked up thing of like literally within three seconds of it being like, no, no, no. He, like the, the medic guy being like, he's not going to feel it. It's going to be fine. And then he clearly feels it. And then for that to be followed up with how many guards? Never, Never more, more than, than 12. 12 Let's dude. fucking so go. Good. I need next week now. I know. Uh, that the way I it ended was perfect. Again, I do want to point out, circus. by the way, like, uh, because some people, like, uh, I'm sure some people noticed, um, Melshi, the 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 prisoner that we that we like because he's always talking shit on the Empire. He's in Rogue One. Oh shit! Really? Really? Yeah, Melshi's Melshi's there. Like he's he's oh, he's there. He's uh, he's on the planet in the final act, right? He is. He's, he's one, one of the guys. He's one of the guys that walks up behind Cassian and is like, "We've all done some terrible things. Yes, We're ready dude. to help you." He's he's on the ship when um she's giving he's her got very unearned he's got like speech. A, yeah, he's there. He's got like a goatee. Yeah, he's got a goatee in Rogue One that he doesn't have. That's dude. That's awesome. awesome. Good for them. So good for so him. He and yeah. So we know. So we know prisoners get out. Yeah, Other he and Cassian. Cassian were in this prison together, and they're going to get out together, and they're going to become re rebel spies at some point. So I have a feeling like that. that Melshi is going to be very instrumental to Cassian's escape next week. That's awesome. That's exciting. Wow, that is really freaking cool. Whether Melshi gets out next week or not. No, that's I a good point. That's a good point. Andor yeah, can just get out, and yeah. then he gets out oh, later. Man, then we need the Melshi spinoff series. All right. This has been that was a lot thoughts. of Star Wars. That was stuff. a lot. It was a lot of good stuff. Uh, I hope that, the, that we got what? So we got 10, 11, 12, 12, four episodes left, right? Three. Three, three episodes left. Yes, three. Three yeah, episodes Matt. left of Andor. I hope that it's, it remains as good as the, these have been. I totally expect it to be. Next week, we'll return, hopefully, with Carboni and Sage to talk about next week's episode and Tales of the Jedi, which I've heard very, very, very good things about. So I'm excited for that as well. Oh. Star Wars is back and away from me that I'm very, back. very happy Watch Andor. About. Please. Please watch Please. it. Please. I mean, the, hey, the good thing is people keep saying like, oh, people don't watch it. They're not going to do this more. We already have a season two and we already know that's the I end. know, but I'm, I'm talking about like uh, like uh, other projects like this that aren't just Andor, right? The backlight. I feel like that might uh, maybe, maybe. be more I'm just saying out this. there, if, if something on the level of Andor doesn't happen again and you people out there who are like, I need more higher brow HBO AMC stuff. I'm done with this pulpy action stuff. And you didn't watch it, it's on you. It's, it's on, on you, you, my friends. You know That's who it's on not on, though? The rest of our Patreon producers Ryan Anderson, Kenny Kimball, Eric Velasquez, Ivan Quiz, Scott Wyatt, Alex Greidel, Mama Meyer, uh, Al Tribesman, Jacob Meyer, Stefan, who I saw in the chat, uh, Gordon McGuire, uh, Bert Meg. Meg, Jason L, Stefan Stryker, James Davis Makes, The Nanobiologist, Aero Joe, DJ Kanto, who I saw in the chat as well, Ryan T from Tennessee, Derek Gregg, 
uh, Gehrig, Derek Gehrig, Donald Eccles, Short Fuse 06, Jordan Harrison, and Sean Valeric. Thank you all so much for your support. You can go to patreon.com slash yourself if you want your name read. Um, Carboni, where can people find you? Oh, my stars and garters. Thanks for asking, Tim. You can find me everywhere on the internet at A Carboni, except for on Twitch, where you can find me at Anthony Carboni. Going to be streaming tonight. Come on by. It's a good time. Check it out. Why don't you? <laughs> until then, though, let us know in the comments below what you are thinking of Star Wars and or. But until next week, I love you all. May the force be with you. And also with you.